Today we are here with Stephen. <laughs> I was about to start singing Double, Double, Toil and Trouble because it's apropos for um, the wonderful guests we're about to speak with, but I, I chickened out midway through the intake breath. So uh, hello, welcome back. Thrilled to be here. Hi, Danny. And Lauren, um, why don't we start with Lauren? Why don't you introduce yourself and your Hogwarts house, your Patronus, and introduce your shop a little bit? Yeah, so I am Lauren. I'm the creator, owner, whatever you want to call it, of the Etsy shop called Forbidden Forest Apothecary. I make kind of like kind of replicas, kind of different art interpretations of different various potions and beverages and everything from the wizarding world. Um, I'm a Ravenclaw. Is that what was your other question? Was that it? Patronus. Patronus. Um, I would say probably a cat. I know that I think Pottermore had an official Patronus quiz and I can't find it anymore. So I can't officially say that it's a cat, but that's what I'm going to, I'm feeling. Are you feeling any particular type of cat? Are you a black cat? Are you a tabby? Are you a blue point snowshoe? Shout out to Carmel Mountain Lion Hatterer. What, 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 what type of cat are you? I would say black cat. I think that's probably this, the typical answer that I'm going to have to go with. But I know I read recently that I don't know if it was in the movies, but Umbridge and McGonagall both have Patronuses as cats, which is, you know, you know one's good, one's not. I had never once thought about that. That's yeah. a very good point. Even is your cat's middle name Snowshoe? No, it's Carmel Mountain Lion Hat. Mountain Lion. He, oh. he is Dang. a blue point snowshoe. Oh, okay. Uh, type I'm like, of cat. But no, Carmel Mountain Lion Hat. Mountain is, Lion is the middle oh, name. Yeah. Oh. 100%. In his younger <laughs> years, he was really a mountain lion. Now he's more of a kind of disgruntled US <laughs> senator from Vermont, if anything. But. Um, Lauren, before we get into all things Forbidden Forest Apothecary, and mm-hmm. believe you me, I'm excited to go there, let's start with your Harry Potter journey. When did this series first come into your life? Um, I think with the movies, um, I think when it came out, it was 2001, right? Not 2000, it was 2001. I was six or seven, and then I, I really got engrossed into like seeing the trailer and, and the movie coming out. And then I read the books after that because I was kind of young to start reading that that big of a book. Um, and then just growing up with constantly waiting every year or two years for the next movie to come out was just like the hype of that was it was ridiculous. It was, it was so exciting. And then also, you know, with the seventh book coming out, being a little bit older at that point, it's it's I don't think anything in right now is going to like ever compare to that excitement. I know someone. Some people might disagree, but like maybe with the Star Wars, people knew um, when that was coming out, like the late seventies. But yeah, this is fun for me, if only because you provided an organic opportunity for me to point out that I also grew up contemporaneously with the books and movies, mm-hmm. and so you and I share in in kind of that that you know I'm not sure how you felt, but I grew up feeling like I was just over the shoulder of Harry, Ron, and Hermione because I was the same age as them and all that. Of course, Danny cannot relate to that because uh, Danny, uh, when the books and movies came out, was already a very, very old woman. Excuse uh, me. When the books came out, I was the age of the characters. Thank you very much. No, 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 no. no. There's no way. Really? They came out in 98. I was 11. I think we've kind of reached the point in the 
surrealness of of the joke where I start believing the joke in that I've made you so old in my head that I can't believe that. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I literally grew up with the characters. Oh, yikes. Okay. Um, Lauren, <laughs> what? <laughs> all right. Back on track. As, as you were growing up with, with this series, mm-hmm. what do you remember? Like, wh- what was it that gave you that feeling of nothing else is ever going to compare to this, right? What, why did you, like, why did you fall in love with it? I think, hmm, I mean, there's so many reasons. I think it's such an immersive world. There's so many, so many, so many details to it that it really makes you feel like, I don't know how to explain it. Like there's so much knowledge that you have to obtain about the world that it makes you feel like you're in it, if that makes makes any sense. Uh, and it was just something that um, the world was just so cool. <laughs> like I don't know how else to explain it. It's just where you kind of want it to be as a kid that you kind of just look at this like really fantastical, um, these characters and the, the castle and everything and kind of living with them and seeing them, especially like, obviously you're in the point of Harry who was new to this world when he first gets introduced to it. So I think just seeing all that as a kid was just like, you know, it's like Santa Claus kind of thing. So from reading the books and growing up with them, how do you start a shop based around potions? Um, so obviously when, when the movies stopped, I kind of, like petered out with it like it was a 2012 and then recent I think last Christmas I would still kind of do like the collecting a tiny bit like from Noble Collection and stuff I have kind of a big collection from there nowhere near a lot of these collectors on like the Instagram community who have like the bookshelf walls of of just everything um so I kind of collected a little bit and then my mom was looking just on Etsy for just like Harry Potter gifts like whatever she searched and she found a couple shops who um make potions like this who are like absolutely amazing and she got them for me for christmas i did last year um and i just like completely fell in love with them and i kind of wanted to start doing that myself um and then i would just start making them for myself and it kind of turned out was like oh maybe i could try this etsy thing and do this too because i think they were different enough to to what i had for my own collection um and stuff that i wanted to like to see made growing up or even in what I would still consider young adulthood, (laughs) were you, are you particularly artsy? Was this like a complete leap of faith? Like how natural does this fit within kind of who you are? Um, I'm actually an engineer, so I'm not like an artsy. I have like kind of like a creative outlet and then like the other brain side of the brain, left brain, right brain, whatever, whichever one it is. Um, So I wanted to, I really liked that and I kind of wanted to do it and kind of just started figuring out like we making the labels on the computer was, was easy to do. And then kind of messing with like the chem, the chemistry of making them like the inter- like the inside of the bottle. Um, and it actually does feel like you're making potions when you put these things together. Cause it's not just um, like water and color. And there's quite a bit that goes into it, especially to like make sure that they're going to last a while and not like mold anything like that because obviously it's water um so yeah it was just kind of like a separate creativity thing that I kind of worked on Danny you know who else in the what I'm going to call the creating magic podcast community because you know it's our podcast we can call whatever (laughs) we want Uh, you know who else we've spoken to who's an engineer by trade but a 
crafter. I guess now it's more than by trade, but, you know, for fun, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Danny, this is where you say orchard works. <laughs> I was getting there. <laughs> I, I, I was like, I had the name. <laughs> orchard works, Steven. Shout out. Shout out to Ed. I um, I love that guy. He's just so much fun. Um, before I go off on a tangent about Ed, Lauren, what was the initial reaction from the people around you, be it friends, family, coworkers? Because I'm I'm all on board with being able to flex this other side of your brain. That makes 110% sense to me. But I can imagine there were probably some questions, some that kind of, oh, okay, that sounds great kind of reactions. I'm, I'm curious kind of what that was like for you, if there was one at all. Um. I think everyone was actually really supportive. I think because I kind of like made them first and I was like, they're like, oh, those are those are actually pretty okay. Those are kind of good. Um, and I was like, I kind of want to like, maybe I can try opening an Etsy shop. I don't know. We'll just see what happens. If I get no sales, then I'm just doing it for myself at that point, you know? So yeah, everyone was actually pretty okay about it. Pretty supportive for it. So why potions of all the things you could have chosen? Um. I don't know. I think that was just kind of what th- that was introduced to me. I think there's definitely like, I, th- I know a lot of people kind of make different, obviously different props of different things as well. Um, there's so many things that you can kind of recreate and put your own artistic spit on. Um, but I don't know. I just always loved the potions. There's like reading, I'm reading the books again and kind of like noting all the different potions just so I can have ideas for them in the future. There are so many. There's like, dozens of them that I don't know if she if JK Rowling created them all herself or if she took them from other lore or something like that but there's a ton that you can kind of just have fun with and there's like a never-ending possibility for creativity within that well on that where do your ideas come from are they mostly from the books do you create your own what is your process of creating a new potion um typically it starts with um a potion that was obviously either in the books or the movie, or I found some that like are in the game that I've never played, but sound cool, but they're on like the, the Harry Potter wiki that's online. I'm not sure who runs that, but um, that you can find on there. And so I'll typically pick one that sounds cool that I think kind of like an idea pops in my head about that, like a design. And then I'll start with designing the label is always like the first thing that I do. And then the color scheme and kind of fill the inside what I want that to look like. Um, and then I'll do like the outside, like the beadwork and like the wax and stuff. For, so obviously a fair few of like the quote unquote primary potions are pretty well described and or presented visually on screen. So it's fairly easy to bring that to life because there's at least already kind of a design guide to go by Yeah. for a lot of those other, you said there's hundreds, thousands, right? For all those other ones that maybe aren't as, uh, present, what what is what is your process in terms of creating right because for some maybe you don't get the color or you don't get yeah. the consistency or you know some of the finishing effect right H- how do you think about those um i think so like i don't know if the sleeping draft sleeping draft was ever actually shown in the movie or the books but the main ingredient is like lavender so i made it purple you know, stuff like that to kind of keep it similar to or something that would kind of make sense um to what it is like if it's like a calming potion then it's going to be like blue if it's like I think the pepper up potion I made red I don't know if they they say that it's red they might have said it but kind of just going off of 
um, the ingredients, I think is, is if they don't like specify what, what it actually looks like, like the polyjuice potion. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Like I tried to make it look like, like when they pour it in the cup and it's like all sloppy and like green and gray and it just looks disgusting. I tried to do that <laughs> with mine. Um, but others, yeah, I just kind of either go with the ingredients or just take artistic liberties with it. What is your process and no need to, to betray, you know, trade secrets here because we want, <laughs> for, we want forbidden force path carry to continue to, to shine and not give away kind of the shop. But are, are you simply going to like thrift stores and buying a bunch of cool looking bottles? Are you engaged in some form of glass work yourself? Like how, how does that work? No, I'm not, I'm not doing any kind of glass work myself. Um, I go to the big craft stores like Michael's or anywhere that you can get kind of uh, stuff in bulk and stuff that's going to not be super expensive in case you do sell multiples, but also stuff that you can buy like multiples of if that makes sense. So um, it can't be too expensive to buy just one bottle. Like there's obviously a lot of pretty like beads and bottles and everything, but it's like, you can't spend $12 on a bottle and then sell it for $20 kind of thing. So um, yeah. So mostly craft stores like Michael's has a lot of stuff. Um, Hobby Lobby, Amazon, you can pretty much find anything if you're going to take the time and look for it. What has been your favorite potion or not potion? Cause I am seeing that you also have like flu powder and pumpkin juice. So it's not mm -hmm. necessarily specifically potions, which has been your favorite one to make. To make, or like my favorite potion, like to look at both. Okay. Um, I think my favorite potion that I've made is the, I made a new one that was like the frozen butterbeer. I don't know if you're looking at that right now. That's like a, it's like in a frosted, like kind of like flask um, jar. And I made that kind of like as a holiday thing. And then I realized I was like, I've listened to your guys' podcast talking about the hot butter beer and the frozen butter beer, which I didn't know there was a hot butter beer. I just found out there, there was a frozen butter beer. And I was like, the hot one might've been better for the, the holidays because it's cold out. But we're just gonna, we're gonna ignore that. And we're gonna keep with the frozen. I think the my favorite one to make, hmm, probably the polyjuice potion because it's it's super like I don't know it's like immersive like you're making it like actually because it does look like it like the one in the movie um and it's not super hard like the water ones that I have that are like the color changing ones that you shake are a lot harder to make because you have to like obviously mix everything up and then glue the cap on so that it's not going to like leak in shipping and then you have to let that sit for multiple days and hopefully when you shake it when it's dry it's not going to leak and then you have to restart so those ones are not very fun i would say apologies yeah hot butter beer is a thing um shout out to a month ago when i almost no like that not almost i did throw a little bit of a fit because the not very nice slightly sassy man working the that butter beer walk up in the corner of Diagon Alley, whatever that's called, mm. told me he didn't have hot butter beer. And I was like, sir, I don't believe you. He's like, no, <laughs> we only have cold. He went to make me a cold and someone like shouted from the back, we have hot. And he's like, oh, do you want a hot? I was like, yeah, that's what I, anywho, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> um, I'll tell you, one of the things I, I was looking through your page earlier mm -hmm. today in prep, um, 
beyond certainly all the the potions and then what we'll classify as non-potions, I guess, for lack of Other a better things, word, right? Yeah. <laughs> Other things. I, I found really cool how you do a lot of those essences, right? So for example, the one that caught my eye um, was the Mord's Mordra, mm-hmm. um, which a creepy and terrifying, but I really <laughs> liked that, that the effect of like the swirl in the bottle, that was yeah. really, really cool. I think it's cool that you're, you you can bring to life anything from the series. It doesn't just have to be something that you could physically put into a bottle. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Hmm. Yeah. That's neat. I'll say, I will say one more thing. I'll give you, I mean, this whole episode's a plug, but I'll give you a specific plug to a specific audience, which is all of my fellow pin collectors out there who are always looking for aesthetically pleasing ways to display pins, um, you know, to add some like dimensional elements to your, to your boards and to your shelves, put right in front of the board. If you have a dark arts board, Mort's Mordra works great. There's all the house themed essences, mm-hmm. love potions, the winter potions, the butterbeer. Uh, this could really add some nice dimension to your pin display is all I'm saying to all my listeners. <laughs> out there. To anyone's display, even the non-pin collector. Well, sure, but I only think through the prism of the things that I know, Danny. I am <laughs> I am small and close-minded like that. I'm aware. <laughs> I love all the different shapes. Uh, I'm I've always liked like containers mm-hmm. and like just fun things that look neat on a shelf. So yeah. I've just really enjoyed. I really love your pumpkin juice. Oh, thank and you. Just all the ideas and the looks—they all pop in their own way. So it's not something that's going to get like lost in the background. Mm-hmm. Have you had any people like make requests for anything or are you just still going off on your own? Um, I thought about having that open. Like I've seen other, um, other shops have like, you can, there's a separate listing for like, ask me to do a custom potion. I think that um, that'd be hard because it would have to not be custom and to some degree, like it would have to be like pick from this, these bottles, pick from these yeah. charms. Um, like a build your own almost. Yeah. I don't know how easy that would be. How like, if you would put it together and they're like, oh yeah, I don't like that. That does not look like what I thought it looked like. So, um, but no, I'm definitely open to requests if people have ideas, but I'm going to try. My goal is to make every single potion in the Harry Potter world. <laughs> so, so we'll see if that happens. So which book are you on since you've been making a list as you go mm-hmm. through them? I'm in the middle, the second half of the fifth book. Okay. So you're pretty far. You're, yeah. you're in, like yes. you're all the way in. I haven't read them in like probably maybe like almost 10 years. Oh, wow. So I definitely forgot how, especially the fourth and the fifth books, how much more detail there is compared to the movie, obviously, but like there's so much more in the books than the movies. Mm-hmm. Now, I once famously mistook a wax melt for edible candy and mm. and consumed it. I see all over your account and your Etsy, your Instagram, right, that you specifically call out that potions are for decoration only and are not consumable. Yeah. Can you please reassure me that that is a precautionary CYA no, statement? You. I think- or did someone actually try to drink one of your products? <sighs> I hope no one has. I want to, I would say absolutely don't drink them, but I don't think you would die. I don't, it wouldn't taste good and it would hurt your stomach and you'd probably throw up after it, but you wouldn't, you'd like take a step and be like, that's disgusting, you know? So it would reaffirm that <laughs> you don't drink that. <laughs> don't, 
drink or eat the things that are meant for decoration. I've definitely had on like TikTok and Instagram, people ask me, can I drink this? Is this real? No. And I've seen someone else on a different potions person's TikTok say that they want, they're like, is this a real potion? Because I don't want a real one. I want a fake one. And I'm like, I don't know what that, like, are you asking if it works? Will this turn me into a frog? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't want that. Since you are rereading the books for the first time in about a decade, mm-hmm. have has anything like surprised you with rereading them or like anything that sticks out or even how or like relating to different characters now that you're older while reading them? Um, Hermione's always going to be my like absolute favorite no matter what I think after like just as the years go on just more affirming that like I feel I always felt like I am Hermione that's just like the character I identify with most I think the most surprising with and I'm sure many people do not agree with me on this one but reading the third book I was like this one is not the best like I don't I don't know I'm sure a lot of people do not agree with that I think it just like the pacing of it compared to the movie and kind of the choices that JK Rowling made for as far as the plot were not as good as the movie um and I was also surprised that the first and the second book are almost exactly the same as the movie like they took so many lines of dialogue straight out of the book and I was like this is like they just didn't they just took it they didn't even like have to have a script writer <laughs> I was just th- I was thinking about it we've been re-watching the movies fairly recently here on on CMP yeah that's probably true that's that I haven't read the books in a while so what do I really know but <laughs> that that feels accurate what if I can return to the shop real quick I I know Danny just tried to transition out and I'm just going to take us right back in so you know my bad but beyond you know as you've stated like progressing through through the rest of the series from a business standpoint right for Mm -hmm. for your shop as we sit here on the precipice of 2022 what are you looking forward to for next year I think I was like super grateful for everything that's happened. I think I opened August 15th or 17th. So it's only been a little over two months, two and a half months. Um, And it's just grown so crazily that like beyond anything that I could have like dreamt or like, um, I've just been like really grateful for all of the support and everything. I think I definitely have some more, obviously more ideas that I want to do and kind of offer like more sets um, like I've seen, not to give away too many ideas, but I've seen people like make like the set of every ingredient that you need to make polyjuice potion and kind of like have a, like that in a set kind of thing. Um, or like a different potion. Cause I have seen someone do the polyjuice potion. So I was thinking like a different one to do, but, um, yeah, I have a lot more ideas and kind of just make them, I don't know, I think more realistic looking. Cause I think a lot of mine are every time I go to like design a label, I always go for color. Like that's the immediate thing. And I think to have them just like that with that parchment background and then like all black kind of thing also looks cool. So I want to do like more realistic, more prop replica looking ones too. I'll give you a free idea that I have okay. zero sense of whether it's actually going to be a good one or not, but I'm just going to speak it. And if it's mm-hmm. good, great, if not, well, okay, you listen and we move on. <laughs> um, Along the lines of those little mini house specific bottles you did, mm-hmm. like house starter kits, mm-hmm. right? Where, where you could do like four, like a, a pack of four different shapes, different size, different 
you know, finish consistency of like what makes a Hufflepuff starter kit. And Ooh. it's, you know, whatever the hell would go into that, right? Slytherin starter kit and all that That's stuff. Because I, look, I am not, as Danny can attest to, I have zero idea how to display my various pieces of, pieces of merchandise, apparel, books, whatever. Mm-hmm. I have no eye for that. But the one thing I like to do is I have a couple of Hufflepuff specific shelves and it's all my various stuff. And that would be fun to sit there. I think I think it would look really yeah. nice. So that this is, is a good a, idea. This is very much like me selfishly imposing an idea onto you. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I'll I do it. That would, yeah. I think that would well, be cool. I, I, I think that actually would be a fun idea. Yeah. Especially because there's a lot of people that decorations tend to be house driven. Yeah. It's, it is difficult because, um, yeah, I'll make that. You want, you want royalties for, for that idea? I'm going <laughs> to give you if I do that. <laughs> Only, only because you offered, I'm going to say no. Usually oh. I say I'll take 10% and we'll move on. Okay. But because you were generous enough to even bring it up, I'm not, no. This All is right. just a free idea. <laughs> okay. I'm going to do it. Watch. Um, yeah, I think that that would be cool. You do have to be careful. So one thing that I started looking into um, when I started doing this is the trademarking and the copyright stuff, which is super scary. It's so scary. And every single leg that you see people when they put, Um, especially like newer shops when they put like Harry Potter potions or whatever you cannot use the words Harry Potter in any kind of thing and it makes me so worried and especially like the Gryffindor and the Slytherin names are kind of close to that they're not technically trademarked for like Harry Potter is trademarked for everything you can't use it for any kind of like web shop or like a bunch of stuff but the the Slytherin names and the house names are kind of more like you can't use them for clothing. You can't use them for tumblers. You can't use them for phone cases. And that's kind of it, but it's still close enough. Like also Hogwarts, I'm not touching that, you know, so just like the name of that. Um, so it's kind of, it is kind of scary. That's why I did, that would be a good idea though, to kind of be like, what makes a Slytherin is like ambition, cunning, and like have like all of those different things, but you're not technically saying the name. And if you really wanted to just completely insulate yourself, Badger starter kit. Yeah. Eagle starter yeah, kit. Good idea. Yeah. Well, you know, and there you go. Yeah. So uh, take that, copyright, yeah. intellectual property lawyers. <laughs> and then they're going to come after me yeah. right now after you publish this. Please, what? please don't come after us. <laughs> what um, what houses are you guys? I haven't seen those. I am a Ravenclaw. Nice. I'm a Wampus. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know what that <laughs> means. I'm a Hufflepuff. Okay. I see it. You said you're a Ravenclaw, mm-hmm. but you're wearing a Gryffindor shirt. I am. I didn't buy this. <laughs> this was my, my brother bought me this. Where I get that. Like, it's my second house. <laughs> in in my people love getting me Harry Potter stuff for the holidays, and I'll never say no. I'm, I'm always appreciative. Mm-hmm. But I have like three or four of those like novelty mugs. That's like I don't give a Griffin damn whatever because people are like, oh, you like Harry Potter, you'll love this. And look, it holds my coffee. I love it. I'm here for it. But it's like I would never buy this, you know, in and of my own kind of, you know, free will. So I, I, I get that. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like they're like they love Harry Potter, so they just go to what they see that's Harry Potter, which tends to be Slytherin and Gryffindor. Yeah. So when you're not, oh, don't Canada, get me started. Don't get me started on that. So we just, we just, it's been like a month and a half at this point, right? But we were at uh, Universal Orlando recently, and. I've always felt not super passionately about the official merchandise that Warner Brothers uh, sells, particularly mm-hmm. at the parks. Um, but having also gone 
the day before and the day after to Disney World and seeing all of Disney's merchandise, the Universal stuff is just so sad. It's just not great. <laughs> and like the only good stuff that they have really are like these really cool looking Gryffindor Slytherin stuff. And it's like, oh, come on. You can't. I was in Harry Potter, New York the other day. Love the shop. Love the people. Nothing to complain about. But even there, where they have a bunch of really cool merchandise, including a lot of merchandise that goes to Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw that extends beyond just like a single t-shirt. Mm-hmm. They had like this really cool sweatshirt and they had a bunch of like smalls. And so I said, hey, any chance you have a Hufflepuff XL in the back? She was like, no. And it's like, oh, come on. Ed, Ed. Are we triggering all the comments today with the hot butter beer. And, and, <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Anyway, I digress. One thing I'm curious about is, you know, as you said, you've only been on this journey for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. Having said that, you've made like 200 plus sales on Etsy. You've got a, a pretty decent sized Instagram account already. That's all to say. So I th- let me start over. I, I, I think about this through the lens of, you know, you said after 2011, 2012, when the final movie came out, you know, you kind of fell away from the series a little bit, right? And it wasn't mm-hmm. until this Etsy shop kind of came into your purview that you started getting back into it. Yeah. Um, I certainly, I have a, I don't have an Etsy shop, mind you, but I have a similar journey in that I didn't know up until I went to a fan event at Universal in 2018, that there was this whole global community of Harry Potter fans that were still as passionate and rabid to this day as they were when the final movie came out. And that was mind blowing to me. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm curious, what has the community that you've built and tapped into felt like to you and meant to you, not just as a shop owner and someone who is, is earning, you know, you know, sustenance off of this, but also just as a fan who's back in this world for the first time in a while. Um, it's insane. I think seeing all of these, these create creators, like um, I think I had seen, I hadn't followed any kind of Harry Potter, like people on Instagram, um, like Harry Potter creators. Um, so I didn't realize how big it was until like a couple months before I started my shop and then kind of started getting back into it. Um, and I think these people like, I don't know, remember her last name, but she's really big YouTuber, Cherry something. Um, she, and like other people who are like that, who have like hundreds of thousands of followers and they're just they're making Harry Potter videos. It's not funny. I'm not like it's, I'm laughing at it, but it's like, it's insane. Um, even after like almost a decade that the final movie was done. Um, and I think the community that I've um, noticed and, and kind of had around my Instagram is just like, everyone is so supportive of, of other people's content and there's really no competition and, um, and the stuff that everyone puts out and just like, I love looking at those like super pretty, uh, pictures where they kind of people will take their collector's items or the books and just kind of incorporate them into like really beautiful photographs. Um, I think I seen a couple accounts um, and that's kind of what started getting me back into it was first seeing those and kind of like falling in love with their pictures and kind of getting back into like that collecting and then um, having, you know, my own potion collection that I got like last Christmas and kind of just re, re- falling in love with the movies again and watching those after not having seen them for a while and rereading the books and everything. Yeah. You touched on something there that I think about a lot and maybe Danny, this is 
a whole nother topic that we do a whole episode on at some point in, in the future. But I, I think a lot about the Harry Potter Wizarding World franchise and its fans. And I try to examine it in comparison to the Star Wars franchise. Um, but with two caveats, caveat A being it's at a different point in its journey than the Star Wars franchise. And B, I wasn't around for the point in the Star Wars franchise back then that the Harry Potter franchise is now. Right. And I think about like, this is a weird metaphor, but like, you know, those people who like look good, like as like kids don't look good in middle age, but like look really good when they get to like be like older and they're like, you know, like, like, a, like grandparents age. Like there's, there's some people who just like don't look good in the middle. I kind of feel that's where like the Harry Potter franchise is now where it's like, we had the series and the books and the movies and we all love those. And now the fan base is just rabid for more content but it's too close right now to the original stuff to where we're always going to view it way too harshly against the original because the original wasn't that long ago, even though it was a decade ago, right? Like it, it wasn't that long ago. And so we're all creating new shops, creating podcasts, doing YouTube videos, doing art, music, fan conventions, and we're, we're desperate for more stuff. But I think, and again, Danny, this is something we talk about another time, but like I, I, I think we're in that middle period for what I guess for Star Wars would be like the late eighties, early nineties, right? And it's like okay, like we're all. It would have been like when the prequel Star Wars came out. Yeah, we're we're right around there because like I don't know. That's all to say that like I think there's a lot. I don't know. It's a whole other topic, but to your point about being amazed that like there's YouTube people who are doing Harry Potter videos and getting like hundreds of thousands of views and all that, it's like simultaneously insane because like series hasn't been out for a decade what the hell are we still talking about but at the same time it's like no that makes sense um Mm -hmm. like this is a worldwide global phenomenon that's not going away no it's not why don't we head into some random harry potter questions can i ask the first one yes in half-blood prince lauren okay there and both in the books and the movies i believe definitely in the movies i'm pretty sure in the books i don't wholly recall i haven't gotten to the sixth one yet six okay so we'll we'll see (laughs) well it's a theoretical question not like a specific quiz okay right but there's a there's a scene where the slug club meets and slughorn's asking everybody like what their parents do and all that stuff and hermione's like my parents are dentists and Slughorn's like, is that a dangerous profession in the muggle world? And like, it's clear Slughorn has no idea what a dentist is. Can you explain that? That's just, that, that's the question is, can you explain that at all? Like, Explain what a dentist is? No, explain why <laughs> wizards don't know what dentists are. I was literally thinking about this. Maybe they have some sort of potion or like spell and they're just like, you're done. Like your teeth are cleaned. Because um, that would that be- end, but then why do they have a, a, why does Madame Pomfrey exist? Why do they, because that's, I mean, look, a dentist is someone who performs a service they are trained to do. Right. A doctor is someone who performs a service they're trained to do. Madame Pomfrey isn't necessarily the one like creating all these potions herself. She's just administering them. Well, I would think maybe like she's, because is there any kind of like, Besides, the only one that comes to mind, I'm sure there's more that I can't think of, like when Hermione had that curse put on her and her teeth kept growing, she did a spell to make them stop growing, I think. So there's obviously like some sort of spells and it's not just potions that she's making. Like if it was just potions and I would say like, it's kind of like how Snape is the potions master and no one else should probably be touching it. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially for like the more dangerous ones, maybe. 
I don't know. Like maybe she's just the best at the spells and the potions that are necessary for teeth cleaning and regrowing bones. All I'm saying is never once in seven books or eight movies do we see Harry shower. Do we hear any talk of <laughs> brushing teeth, teeth cleaning, deodorant, or any any look, I don't know the last time you were around a 15-year-old boy, but we <laughs> boy, we we don't smell good. Um, and so I I think it's one in a line of many hygiene deficiencies that just did not make it into the canon of the Wizarding World. No, but there are bathrooms and showers, obviously, because they are there. Well, no, we don't know there's showers. No, no, no. Oh, we, there's baths. There is there is a prefix bath. They're the only we, ones that can shower. That's the only one we know of. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, all right, Danny, I'm done. <laughs> can you tell that we watched movie number six this weekend and yeah. recorded <laughs> I'm looking forward to that one. Before I just watched the fourth one that you guys did, and it was, yeah. There's a lot of ripping on that one. On that one. <laughs> so, what would be your favorite class to take? Yes. Um, it's not. I my second favorite class would be potions. My first favorite class would be charms because I think, like, especially like Harry and Hermione, who grew up as Muggles. If I like grew up as a Muggle in this world and then was like thrown into this like fantastical magical world I would be like I want to learn every single spell and like for everything and I think that that would be the most like interesting and then potions if you could create a class what class would you create um or club clubs are acceptable too hmm that's a tough one I don't know. I know, like, I know that there's no uh, kind of to your guys' point. Like, I know that obviously that you can't use technology at all. But I think if they took some sort of, obviously they have Muggle studies, but at, no one's like paying attention to it, or nobody's taking it or something. So I think if they had like a more knowledgeable class, like something that maybe Arthur Weasley could have taken, that would have helped him a little bit, so he <laughs> would know the function of rubber duck. Um, I think that that would be a little bit more helpful to them than just kind of learning the history, but kind of learning like modern day stuff that they should know. That's valid. Favorite book, least favorite book, favorite movie, least favorite movie. Um, my least favorite book is The Prisoner of Azkaban. My favorite book, I haven't read the sixth one yet, but I think it's either going to be the fifth or the sixth book. My favorite movie is the fifth is Order of the Phoenix. My least favorite movie is probably Deathly Hallows Part One. Not because it's bad, but just because it's not my top. We're about, yeah, we're about to embark on HP7P1 at some point here in the near future. Um, I was just talking about this uh, with Danny whenever we recorded that yesterday or the day before or whatever. Um, it's a movie that when I first watched it, I didn't like at all. But after having watched part two and then just having revisited it over the years, I like it more and more and can appreciate what it did in context of the rest of the series, particularly the, the final movie. Um, but yeah, for, so I'm interested to see how I feel about it 
thinking about it critically with the heaviest of air quotes, because I don't think anything I do around here is real critical <laughs> thinking, but um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Hmm. Or not, or it won't be interesting one way or the other. We're still going to record an episode, but you know, who's to say? True. Do you have any other questions, Stephen? Um, no, only that, uh, this this really was fun, Lauren. It's mm. the way the way that we do business around here, creating magic is. I will find Instagram accounts of people who are doing cool things, like whether it's just photos I like or things that look interesting, whatever. And I'll send it to Danny, and without any like words, I'll send her the profile. And that's like my way of saying like, hey, we should book this person. <laughs> and so, Danny's like, yeah, you know, we're we're, we're speaking with you know forbidden forest bathroom and i was like oh my god wait it's a cool potion so this was really <laughs> fun for me um thank you for coming on oh, thank do you, wanna, you yeah do you want to let our listeners know where they can find you and support you in your work uh yeah so my etsy shop is forbidden forest apo and my instagram is forbidden underscore forest underscore apothecary pretty sure that's correct um just those two are my main uh places that i'll be posting and selling Nice. And then something we haven't done in a while because we've been going through the movies is creator shout out. <laughs> it has been a while. So Lauren, do you have anyone you would like to shout out? Or? Yeah, I think um, there's a YouTuber that I really like. Um, her name is cooking and craft chick on YouTube and on Instagram. Um, she does really cool Harry Potter DIYs, including potions and, um, her like design skills are absolutely amazing. She's really good to check out. And then another potion shop that I really like that's in the UK is called Incantatrix Apothecary that everybody should be absolutely purchasing from if they if they're interested because she her work is absolutely incredible. Her and she's a her and her mom, I think. So yeah, I'd say those two. Danny, how about you? Well, our friend of the pod, Sydney just announced that she is opening up her official shop moving away from Etsy so that should be coming soon so keep an eye out for that and then I also have um Brianna at Stitches and Spells and she did a fun Velma from Scooby-Doo Halloween cosplay that I just enjoyed and she has a lot of fun little costumes and outfits that she's put together so check her out yeah sydney i'll tell you right now you don't look you certainly don't need my help you're doing more than more than fine you're you're doing great if you ever wanted to open up a physical shop i will stake you with whatever money you need to get that going because you for going on almost two years now bring me such joy and beauty and happiness so this is Muggle and Khakis going on the record saying whatever galleons I have in my cold, cold bank account, um, I will gladly chip in to open up the Sid Sketch shop, say that three times fast, um, brick and mortar, wherever you want to do it. So offers out there, girl. Um, I have three shout outs today, surprising absolutely nobody. Um, first... Sad one, but it was announced today, so here we are. Uh, Wizards Unite is uh, 
closing, finishing, ending. I'm not really sure what the right terminology is. Ending makes the most sense. Now on January 31st, 2022. And, um, you know, it, it's an app. Life's going to go on. It'll be just fine. But certainly, you know, good friends of the pod, Katie and Russell, the Harry Potter fan and Cantina Kitchen, they met through Wizards Unite at an event. And I learned that one can walk for leisure outdoors thanks to Wizards Unite. And I'm not sure I'm going to do that anymore without the app. Um, and, you know, the gift giving function on the app where you could send little gifts. Like it was cool to see other people around the globe and where they were location tagged, right? There was one person I somehow connected with, I guess, through Instagram or Twitter who would send me gifts and like, they're based in Egypt. So I'd get like, I'm sending gifts from like the Cheesecake Factory in West Hartford and they're sending me gifts from like the Great Pyramids. Like it's just, it, it was really cool. Um, so it's still a little while before it officially closes up, but uh Fare thee well, Wizards Unite. It's it's been a journey. Um, my second shout out goes to Wunnerstein, W U N N E R S T E E N. That's uh, a lovely. I don't I don't know her. Maybe she's not lovely, but a person named Christina. Um, who look? So I said this to Danny the other day. The new Mina Lima Chamber of Secrets books. Um, were released and I got a Japanese copy and a British English or Bloomsbury publishing copy. Um, and I took some photos with them and posted them and they're mediocre at best. Like all my content is. And like 20 minutes after I posted my photo, Christina posts hers of chamber of secrets. And it's like the most beautiful photo I've ever seen. Like, I, I, I don't know if she's a professional photographer or what, but I don't think a professional could do better. So uh, thank you for making me simultaneously doubt myself and also um, admire your content. That's great. Um, and then finally, um, a little bit of a call to action here, creating magic. Uh, I'm sure everybody saw, um, by the time you're listening to this, I guess a week or two ago, uh, the Protego Foundation announced a new campaign they've launched, the uh, Akio Vegan Butterbeer campaign. So Tyler Starr, friend of the pod, Um runs the Protego Foundation, and they are urging universal parks and resorts to offer fully vegan versions of butterbeer, including the whipped topping uh, at all the parks around the globe. Um, really great cause. Not going to preach to you why it's so important other than to say, I think it's really important. And I know a lot of people that I care about do as well. Uh, if you want to you know, add your name, certainly visit at Protego Foundation on all the socials and um, link in their Instagram bio to, to take action. And that action is sending a letter. You just fill out your name in the link in their bio and they send a letter on your behalf. It's an email to, to all the universal parks and resorts urging them to uh, offer vegan butter beer at the parks. Um, so those are, those are my three, Danny. That's what I got today. All right. Well, anything else before we close up the show? Well, thank you again no. for joining us. Thank I you got for nothing. Me. Danny, I got nothing. <laughs> You asked, so I'm going to respond. Lauren, <laughs> Lauren, thanks for coming on. This was fun. Thank you so much, you guys. And that's our episode.